In the holy name of Jesus, amen. It is the feast day of St. Peter and St. Paul. Feast days are always a great celebration of what is right in the church. They remind us what Christ has done for us. They show us what the church can be. Feast days assure us that the church is meant to be a happy place. They bless us with the news that we can live in peace right now with God and with each other. This feast day is one of the oldest. We have record of this being celebrated already in the year 258. And today it is welcomed with three glorious texts about St. Peter and St. Paul. St. Paul was a missionary to the Gentiles. Going to the Gentiles was God's way of saying, everybody's in and nobody's out. It is God's way of saying, I want all my children home again. St. Peter was first among equals. So often he was the first to speak. He is first on any list of the apostles. And he was first of the twelve to see Jesus after the resurrection. He and those who follow him into the holy ministry have the great joy of exercising the office of the keys, which Jesus gives in the gospel that was appointed for today. It is the responsibility to forgive and to retain sins in the stead and by the command of Jesus himself. Says Jesus, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so this is the great work, the right work, the happy work of the church. This is the peaceful work that Jesus has given the church to do. With his words, through his pastors, Jesus does a very simple thing. Jesus locks the gate to hell and unlocks the door to heaven. That is the reason we come this morning and live together in a happy peace with God and with each other. With his cross and his keys and his holy absolution, once again this morning, Jesus erases your wrongs and makes us right. This means that every time we come to the liturgy, we get a fresh start. Jesus gives us all he has. Jesus gives us his perfect life, his perfect death, his perfect resurrection, and his perfect new life in glory. Jesus gives us all those things with just a word. So that means that feast days can also be an open, honest, and even gentle time for you and for me to embrace our failures. It is very hard to find a bigger failure than St. Peter. Again and again, St. Peter was the first to challenge Jesus. He even lied to Jesus, and then he left him in the Garden of Gethsemane. It got so bad that at one point, Jesus called St. Peter Satan in front of all of his friends. So it is very hard to be a bigger failure than St. Peter, unless you are St. Paul. Before he was an apostle of the church, 
Paul persecuted the new Christians. He pursued them, he threatened them, he imprisoned them, and he even helped to murder them. But as you all know, failure is not the end of St. Peter or St. Paul. And you should know that your failure and mine, these are not the end of us either. St. Paul recovered well enough to be the most famous missionary in the history of the Christian Church. And St. Peter is now buried under the main altar at the Vatican, which is not a bad place to rest in peace. So the question for all of us is how St. Peter got from here to there. How did St. Peter and St. Paul move from great shame and great failure and come to be something much, much more? Happily, the answer is this. Only grace can save us, and feast days are filled with grace. Only grace can change us, and on days like this, the church is alive with grace. Only grace can save us, forgiving all our sins. Only grace can change us and make us what we are meant to be. Only grace can bring us this happy peace, this life between us and God and us and us. To experience that grace and peace, some Benedictine monks have a habit of falling face down in silence before those they have offended. When they fall face down, silent and defenseless, they lie before the one they have offended in humility and confession. And this humility and confession lets the blessing of forgiveness and love flow back and forth once again between people who have offended and been offended. It is like that for us as well. The very first thing we do when we come here for the liturgy is to go face down. We kneel, we bow, we confess, and we wait in humility. And then in love, Jesus does his best work. For all of us, Jesus locks the gate to hell and unlocks the gate to heaven. Jesus forgives us. Jesus absolves us. And as I've said to you so many times before, Jesus takes away your sins, and the only way that your sins can hurt you is if you take them back. Do not do that. That is what makes a feast day such a blessed day. It is not for somebody else long, long ago. This day is not just for St. Peter and St. Paul. This day is for you. Certainly it is a day that we rejoice in those who have gone before us. We have a history, and we remember with gratitude. We give thanks for the ancients who have blessed us. We celebrate those people in the church whom Jesus Christ has used well. But feast days and especially the feast day of St. Peter and St. Paul, is not only a time to embrace our failure, but to rejoice in the forgiveness that comes from Jesus Christ and from each other. It is a time to go face down in silence and humility, 
it is a time to be raised up in joy and peace. And when that happens, when you and I are able to live in forgiveness, when you and I live under the office of the keys, when you and I care most of all in all of life about leaving our sins behind, then we too, like St. Peter and St. Paul, become a mark of the church. We remind the world what Christ has done for all of us. We show the world what life can be. And we make the church a happy place. We bless each other with the news that we can live in peace with God and with each other. After all, it is only grace that can change us. And this feast day is filled with grace. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.